888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com. We're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. I'm on the line with none other than Gideon Shalwick. He loves anything to do with building global audiences using video and has helped over 200,000 people grow their businesses using video marketing. He's a co-founder of vroll.com, a powerful platform that makes getting traffic from YouTube and Facebook video ads super easy, fun, and fast. With over 17 million video ads served in its first two years, V-Roll is set to disrupt the video advertising landscape forever. His new project, Entrevana.com, is a blog dedicated to helping burnt-out entrepreneurs reinvent themselves and find their mojo again. I brought him on here today to talk about how you and I as bloggers can start a movement with our blogs. Goes beyond creating content, beyond social media, takes it to the next level. So that's what we're going to be talking about today Gideon my man how you doing I'm doing great Leslie how are you I am fantastic you know I can't believe what I mean this is 2016 dude and and we connected I think it's back in 2009 does that sound kind of right to you yeah 2008 probably 2009 I'm not sure if were you one of the first students coming through back, I was back when in the did day. It, we're not going to say coming through what yet we're going to we're going to we're going to get to that but yeah I was okay. one of the first students when was that when did it start well we we did that in 2008 I believe but um, oh, certainly man. 2009 we were growing it as well yeah, yeah so I think it might have <laughs> been two, 2008 that I started and that's when I connected with you dude that means that it's been 8 years and you, this is your first time on the podcast? What's up with that, man? <laughs> I know. What's going on? <laughs> that, that is absolutely unacceptable. Okay, so for those of you that are listening right now, there w- probably wouldn't be a become a blogger without this guy because actually tell us a little bit about your history with this become a blogger thing. Well, Become a Blogger has a very, very special space in my heart, uh, Leslie. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, it was uh, back in the day, uh, Yaro Starik and myself who, uh, who began Become a Blogger. back in 2008. Um, it was about two years into my entrepreneur- entrepreneurial career that we started Become a Blogger. Before that, um, I was really a struggling entrepreneur, sort of a bit of a wannabe, <laughs> just trying to make things work. You know, I was really struggling to to make make things happen. I, I it was interesting. I started off with um, an ebook that I sold at the beginning, did kind of well, but then it ran out of sales, ran out of money, didn't know what to do, and and um, I started interviewing people that failed. <laughs> I did a bunch of different things. Um, basically, for two years, we were living on the bread line. You know, we didn't have a car. Um, we uh, didn't buy new clothes. We didn't go out. Uh, we just took the train everywhere. We just walked everywhere. And um, it was actually just before become a blogger that I almost gave up. I almost gave up on this whole entrepreneurial thing. And I said, this is all just too hard. Um, because I remember when we when we left New Zealand, we, we immigrated to Australia to start this business. We um, 
we, I, I told my wife, Tina, I said, look, if, if I can't make back my salary of, I think it was $54,000 back then, if I can't back, make back my salary within the first year, then I really don't deserve <laughs> to, to be paid that, right? It makes sense. So in the first year, I, um, you know, I think I made $11,000, but oh, I spent, spent 12000 Oh, so no. I made negative 1000 and uh, I was getting, getting the, the evil eye from my wife. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Actually, was, was your wife working at the time? Yeah, she was she was paying the bills. Okay, you know, she, she was, was paying the bills. Uh, yeah, yeah that's and the only reason I was able to do it. Yeah, she's trying. She's helping you basically so that you can follow this dream that you have of <laughs> starting a business. Right, exactly. Well, we were following it together, and and she was extremely supportive. I mean, she. What well, the way it happened actually was we. Um, uh, back in New Zealand, we both had jobs, right? And we said, okay. And I was, I was getting a bit fed up with the thing with, with working for someone else, creating an asset for someone else. And, you know, the day I stopped working, I knew that I, my, my pay would stop as well and it didn't sit right. <laughs> and, um, but the biggest thing that was bothering me was that I, I just felt this lack of freedom, lack of freedom to express mm. myself, et cetera. And so one day I just said to my wife, I said to Tineka, look, um, I've had enough. Let, let's, let's quit our jobs or even better, let, let, let me just, um, let me just start applying for jobs in Australia. And um, as soon as I get a job, we'll quit our jobs and then immigrate to Australia. So I started applying and um, application after application after application. I think it took about three months. And out of all those applications, I, don't, I must have sent hundreds, uh, maybe not hundreds, but you know, dozens. <laughs> <A lot. laughs> dozens. I sent a lot. Um, all of them got said no. There was not even one that said, hey, cool, can we have a chat or anything like that. So uh, I felt rather disappointed. Um, nobody wanted me in Australia. Okay, <laughs> this is not working. Let's try something else. Um, so she started applying for jobs. And that same, she started applying on the Monday. She sent out her, her um, resume. Um, by, the, by the end of the week, she had not just three interviews lined up. She had three job oh, offers my word. lined up. <laughs> now, how do you feel at this point? You know, you, you're trying for so long to get a job, yeah. and, and she applies, and she gets more than a job. Yeah, well, I, I think it was a bit of a sign of the universe, you know, <laughs> telling me, "Hey, Gideon, you know, you, you're not supposed to be getting a job now. <laughs> Stop trying." <laughs> and um, and and yeah, so she she got uh, one of the jobs, and a month later, we we immigrated to Australia, um, and and we started the journey, uh, and so that was the beginning of it. So so then it took about two and a half years for me to um, learn, to unlearn what I learned as an employee and condition that I had before that, for, before that to really learn what it, what, it, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, et cetera, to fail a lot. Uh, I mean, I started so many different things during that time. Wait, wait, um, but you said it, something there. I want to unpack that a little bit. You said you had to unlearn what you had learned as an employee. What did you learn that you had to unlearn? Oh, big time. Um, you know, this, this, uh, mainly with a mindset. It's, it's a mindset thing. Um, and um, yes, interesting. I, I just talked about Tinika about this just two or three days ago. You know, back, back when I was an employee, um, you know, I, I, I would always tell her, you know, like I'm not, I feel like I'm not getting paid what I'm worth, mm. you know, and, um, and uh, you know, there's very much a, a passive sort of a, an approach uh, to to life. You know, where um, you know you're in the business, 
uh, things get taken care of, but work kind of comes your way. You don't have to really mm. go and look for work as much because the infrastructure is built. And that's actually one of the, the key advantages of, of having a job. You don't have to worry about all that other stressful stuff of, of building the infrastructure, uh, finding customers, et cetera, et cetera. So you're just kind of there and you're just doing your, your own role within the bigger business. And, you know, I kept on, you know, while I was there, I kept on saying, look, I, 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 I feel like I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not getting paid for what I'm worth. And so, so I had a bit of an attitude. That's one thing. Um, I didn't <laughs> no, really appreciate it. No, Gideon with an attitude? Oh, I don't yes. believe that. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> quite an attitude. Look, I, you know, the thing is, I, I studied, um, I, I've got two, deg- two degrees, right? An engineering degree and an engineering management degree. So when I got to the workforce, I was Mister, you know, Mister Know It All, um, and you couldn't tell me anything, you know. So I definitely had a bit of an attitude. There's no doubt. Um, so there was that, you know, having that bit of an attitude, um, thinking that I was worth more than I really was, and um, and of course that got really shown to me. I got shown, thrown into my face in the first years of being an entrepreneur. I couldn't make even my salary back. Wow. Um, but also things like um, initiative. Um, I had to learn initiative. I had to. I had to really learn what um, what it takes for people to actually spend money with you, uh, as opposed to just fulfilling your role within a, a, a job situation. You know, like I, I wasn't in sales, for example, right? So I never had to really think about sales. So, so thinking about you know what does it take to get money into the business? What 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 do you need to learn to get people customers into a position to actually spend money with you? That was like a whole big new thing for me that I had to learn um, and unlearn what I had to what I learned during during my job and in, in education. You know, with with the whole education thing, it's like you you just sort of you, you get you get taught um, how to become an employee. You don't get taught to, to to think like an entrepreneur. I mean, it's it's kind of like, it's like um, uh, many people have talked about it, but it's it's kind of like a, um, a factory line when you think about schools and mm-hmm. universities. It's even the way it's set up, everything is compartmentalized into age groups, into different categories, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Very similar to like a, a, a manufacturing setup. And and you know, I always sort of joke around with it. It's like the school system currently um, helps produce um, a, a Big Mac version of of people where they you know it's, it's like it's a nice looking hamburger and sort of it ticks all the boxes but it's you know it's, it's a big mac and it's it's not it's not really true to the person it's true to the brand it's true to the mcdonald donald's thing you know so so people don't really express themselves they just express what the system wants them to express and then when you come become an entrepreneur you have the choice you, yes you can still become a big mac if you want to so to speak or you can say no let's 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 go back to um, what it really is, what I'm about. Let, let's go back and, and find find those true, natural, innate talents and abilities and 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 interests and passions, and and start from there. And instead of creating a Big Mac, you end up creating a um, well, either a, a delicious rump steak or. Um, <laughs> Or some garbage, you know, depending on <laughs> how well you do it. <laughs> you know, this, this is actually quite interesting because you're talking about, you know, the difference between when you were an employee and uh, then being an entrepreneur and one being more passive. You know, you take what's given to you and you do the jobs that you have to do. And being an entrepreneur as being more active. I've been, this is something that I've, think, I've been thinking a lot about recently because I've noticed that I still have some of those 
employee um, mindset things mm. going on in my life where, you know, things are going well for a while and you feel like, okay, sweet, I can kind of coast. But there's, yes. no, there's no coasting, right? Mm. That, that, that's right. There, there, there is no coasting. Um, well, I think there could actually be coasting, okay. Leslie. Yeah, there, there could be if you set it up right. Yeah. Um, and but I, I the way I use the word coasting here is is probably in a different uh, manner than that most people would use it. I, th- I think the way I would use coasting here would be, you know, when you're when you've truly found your path, and you truly get into mm. your natural flow and your natural rhythm, that's not based on the outside world and what society has taught us and what our parents taught us and what the school system taught us. When you're away from that and you base your natural flow and your natural being on something much deeper, something that's much more authentic inside of you, then you you just then things become kind of effortless and you get into that coasting, so to speak. Uh, it just oh, you just coast. You're, you're wetting our appetites for where we're going. Okay, let's step back. Let's step back a little bit, right? So we haven't reached to become a blogger yet. Let's right. Okay. Talk about, let's talk about how this whole because because some people are listening and they're talking about what do you mean let's get to become a blogger that's your thing <laughs> leslie no there, there was a become a blogger before leslie so let's yeah. let's talk a little bit about how that happened so this is pre leslie yeah pre leslie right. <laughs> so i was i was floundering you know i was really to be honest i was, I was struggling a struggling entrepreneur um you know trying thing after thing and i just just keeps on failing and um you know learning lessons but but through the one of the the big projects i did before become a blogger was um i interviewed um all the top experts in the industry at the time but um contrary to everyone else who was just doing text and and uh, audio based interviews um i i said oh let's buck the trend a bit i'm i'm mr entrepreneur let's let's do video interviews and in, in context give this in context now this was back in 2007 uh, i think youtube was about a, a year old um, it's just when a bunch of video services started popping up, like Blip.tv. I'm not sure if you remember Blip. Oh, I remember uh, Blip. Um, Revo was there, or River, whatever it's called. Um, Vimeo, Vimeo was starting up there as well, and, and um, Vidler, you know, all these services starting up. So, But the point is that it was so new that no one knew anything about it. No one knew anything about video production. But here I was, Mr. Entrepreneur, and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it on video. Um, and I had zero experience in video. So I, <laughs> so I thought, I'm going to do this. I'm going to... Like I'm going to target these people at events, these people that I wanted to interview. Go up to them afterwards and say, hey, you want to come for an interview? I've, I've got a hotel room. Let's, I've got a video camera set up. Let's do an interview and, um, and get these people uh, on, on a video thing. So that worked really well. But the trouble was that the challenge was so big for me that um, I ended up doing it, doing the, the recordings. But the files were so big and, and the, the, it was just, my computer was so small. And <laughs> um, I, I, I ended up not getting the thing off the ground. It was just too hard. But – in the process, um, one of the people that I interviewed was Yaro, Yaro Stark. And um, I, he came over to my um, apartment, actually, I had a green screen set up, and I interviewed him. And um, I remember afterwards, he was really impressed. I said, wow, you got, you got the whole set, and, and you're doing really good with video and stuff. And so we kind of became friends. And um, you know, not long afterwards, Yaro being the – he was being an, he was an entrepreneur, but earlier than me. He said, hey, Gideon, I, I need some new videos for a new project that I'm working on um, called Become a Blogger. He found that with his – existing course uh, with um, Blog Mastermind that he wasn't catering for those newbie sort of people coming into it right at the beginning and learning how to set it up themselves. He said, Gideon, can you just create like 10 videos that shows people step by step how to set up their blogs? 
And I said, yeah, cool. And so he actually paid me for that uh, first initial 10 videos. And um, the plan was that we'd just make them free. We had it actually um, hosted on, on blip.tv. I'm not even sure if they're still around, but the reason we used blip was because they had superior quality video. Um, YouTube was still had a really grainy video back then. So we used blip. And, um, and we just set it up there. People could watch it for free and, and it would lead into uh, Yarrow's blog mastermind. And what happened then was, what happened next? You'll never know. You'll never by expect. The, by the way, <laughs> I think this is the first time I'm hearing this story like this. So this is right. new for me a little bit too. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't really shared the story all that much. Um, it's interesting. Uh, but what happened next was, was truly quite unexpected. Um, that almost sounds like a... Um, one of those headlines yep. from uh, <laughs> clickbait. <laughs> yeah, clickbait headline. But it was true. It was truly amazing. Um, so what happened was uh, over the next, um, I don't know, three or six months, those videos just went ballistic um, for for those for that back for for that time. It went ballistic for that time. Um, by the time we launched officially launched to become a blogger program, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, we had three hundred thousand downloads wow. of those videos and it just blew us away um, but anyway so, so that was a big success we st- so we started seeing this massive growth and Yarrow was going wow this looks cool maybe we should turn this into a project together and so so we had a chat and we said okay let's do this thing together um, we did a 50-50 uh, partnership and we started um, become a blogger officially as a, as a different business and um, Yara said, okay, well, let's, let's, let's brainstorm, figure this out. And so we decided, okay, let's, we're going to create a, a bigger course. Uh, we're going to create a free report um, and, and launch it. Um, and so at this time, uh, all of this happening, um, while I think Yara, just, just after that relationship started, Yara started traveling around the world. So he was like in Canada and Europe and America, I don't know, all over the place. <laughs> uh, well, I was back here in Australia um, working on, on getting things together. So I started um, putting together the course, uh, creating all the videos. I, I wrote the, uh, the roadmap to become a blogger, which is the first official free report for, uh, for uh, become a blogger. And in the meantime, me and Yaro kept on brainstorming and masterminding, you know, uh, all the things that need, needed to happen. So that took about six months uh, of really, really hard work. Um, you know, full-time work. I, you know, I didn't get paid. Uh, there's mom, no money coming in, just Tina because she's working, bills are getting paid. And, um, you know, before this point, remember before this point, I was about to get up, uh, give up. But then teaming up with Yaro, I was seeing some hope, some um, – some light at the end of the tunnel, but still no money coming in for six months working my little hands wow. off. Um, and then finally, we, we get to launch and after a lot of hard work. So, so Yaro uh, put in a, a, a fair amount of work as well, even while he was traveling. Um, I mean, he didn't record the videos and stuff, but he was heavily involved with the strategy and, um, and, and uh, the strategic business, uh, direction of the business while I was more getting practical and implementing stuff. But um, and 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 we are came extremely um, uh, um, uh, powerfully. I, sh- I guess I sh- can say is that when it came to launch, you know, with the sales process and the marketing and the mm-hmm. the, the links that he had with industry already, that was just tremendous. And so I did all the the practical things and the training and putting together the site, all the branding, everything. Customer support and Yaro brought the the marketing and, and the distribution, which was just an awesome relationship. So, wait, before you actually move on from there, right? Um, you're working on this project, and uh, you said for six months. And I remember become a blogger. It was a lot of videos. Yeah, you, you're 
working on this intensely for six months and making absolutely no money. How do you continue with that? I mean, how do you, at month three, how do you say, you know what, I'm just going to continue because in three more months, we're going to be somewhere where we can start something? Um, with difficulty. <laughs> yeah. um, certainly not. It wasn't uh, an easy stage. I remember um, I had some very, very frustrating moments. Um, there was one point where I... Um, I just I had this outburst. Me and, me and, my, me and Tineke went for a walk um, down in Brisbane one, next to the river one day. And I remember distinctly having this outburst and saying, you know, what am I doing? And, you know, what, I, I've, I've, I've quit my job and I'm not, I'm not making any money. Um, you know, I, and now I'm working on this project. It's, it's, um, and, and parts of the things I was doing was totally draining. I was totally out of my flow. Yeah. And it was really getting to me. And, um, you, know, you know, what am I doing with all this? But, you know, I, th- I think there were, there were enough um, glimmer of hope there yeah. for me to continue like teaming up with Yaro because he already had an audience. I think he had about 20,000 people on his email database. And more importantly, he also had some really good links with with other promoters, you know, other affiliate partners that would promote for us eventually. And, you know, I just thought if I can just, if I can just get this going, get it launched, you know, um, even if we, if we just start making some money, it's better than no money. Um, you know, I'm happy to give this a go. That's my last push. It was my last push because then after that, I, I thought, oh, yeah. screw it, I'm going back to work, or, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm become a full time actor, or that's another story, <laughs> by the way. Um, <laughs> you might have to put one of those older videos in there of you act. Anyhow, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another interview. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think um, <clears throat> being be, teaming up with Yara and having another person there um, to mind. Uh, uh, mastermind with and to have as encouragement and to yeah. help set the, the direction that was incredible um, and you know obviously 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 my my wife Tineke she was tremendous support um, something else that was really useful for us at the beginning was um, you know part of the reason we wanted to immigrate to Australia was 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 so that we could start afresh with it, without any baggage from other people around us friends and family we just wanted to be fresh and, and not be feel judged by anyone else around us for taking on this silly journey. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that I think helped a lot as well. So it was me and her with our back against the wall. We just had to make it work. We were supporting each other really well. And then having Yaro there as well and, and seeing some of, some of the success that he's had and, and, and other people that I've interviewed, I just knew it. It had to work. You know, if I worked hard enough, it, it would eventually work. Yeah, so I just I, kept I, on pushing. I could see how those relationships would be so key because, you know, I, I'm thinking, to, thinking back to everything that I've been through. And I don't think I could be doing what I'm doing today if it were not for the relationship, well, the relationship with my wife, definitely. And then the relationships with, with people like you and Yaro and so many other people that I'm connected with now that are on this journey. I think it's so essential for us to have those kinds of people around us in order to make it through. You know, I was just looking in my coaching club. There's someone that just posted in the, in the Facebook group. They're so discouraged because they're going on this journey and things aren't going exactly the way that they want it to go. But then you, you, you have a group of people there to kind of pick you up. And I know for me, that's been essential. Oh yeah, it's it's huge having that. Um, uh, I guess that um, safety net in a way, or, yeah. or um, support, support group, group. You know, other yeah. people. As an entrepreneur, I mean, it's still the case that the minority of people are entrepreneurs. The majority of people have jobs, so you're you're in the minority, and um, you you can't. Nobody else understands you. I mean, in fact, as an entrepreneur, I think no one 
should really be able to understand exactly what you're doing and exactly your vision because it's unique to you in a way. Um, But at least what you can share with other entrepreneurs is that same similar journey. Whereas you can't really share those same pains and struggles with with someone else on a different kind of journey. Um, I mean, there's always going to be some some similarity or some some parallels you could draw, but but really, you know, you, I think it's very important to to find other like-minded people who understand what you're trying to do, and that 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 could be a support frame. Um, very important. I think something else that was really key as well. So I did a um, you know a, a lot of reading and a lot of thinking and and meditation uh, and and sort of reprobing programming my mind and my attitude for business you know for being an entrepreneur that that's one of the big changes as well that that take, took place over those the, the, those first two years um and you know positive thinking this sort of thing trying to work in my area of of natural talent um you know being you know um, creating a vision and this sort of thing i, I think um some of that personal development stuff really helped as well uh, to help me push push through to to the end. Um, but anyway, uh, we we got to uh, finally we got to launch, and uh, uh, I remember we uh, the first thing we launched was the the roadmap to become a blogger. It was about a ninety page ninety two page report that that explained the whole system um, that we worked on for how to set up a blog and how to turn it into a business. Uh, we launched that out. Um, as a free report and within the first two weeks this was just mind-blowing um, we managed to get around 10,000 people join our email database now going from zero <laughs> influence and zero money negative money to getting t- 10,000 people following within two weeks uh, I mean, that was just, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what, what was going on. You know, it was, it was just incredible. So we did, we, we, we did something right. And, and you know, massive kudos to Yaro there who was so influential in the uh, direction of the marketing and the strategy of the business. Um, you know, he, was, he played a, a really pivotal part there. Um, and so we, so we launched 10,000 people and we launched a, we started off with a $27 a month, uh, month uh, membership for six months. And then a month later, we bumped it up to $47 a month. Within that first month, uh, we had an income for the business of around, I, I somehow have the number $23,000 in my mind. So we $23,000 coming in every month. Once again, going from zero to $23,000 <laughs> a month for that business, oh, it was, it was life-changing. What, um, what's going through your I, I, I'm having a hard time imagining it, right? Because you are struggling. You are hustling for six months, <laughs> getting absolutely nothing, coming to the point where you're, you're questioning what you're even doing. And then yes. all of a sudden, $23,000, what in the world is going through your mind and then in Tinika's mind as well? I, I, I want to I experience it. Put me in that moment. <laughs> Let me think back. Um, <laughs> for some reason, the the, the picture of, of a car comes up in my mind because we we um we literally um, had to walk everywhere. Uh, oh, luckily, we man. lived right in the city, and I remember in in, in Brisbane and the, the the summers here are vicious. You know, it gets um, very hot and very humid. And I'm not good with humidity, so I go walking in the summer. I'm I'm like a swimming pool when I get home. <laughs> And um, we, you know, just just the idea of of the thought of having a, a car to help us move around was uh, certainly one of the key things we started thinking about. Uh-huh. But um, you know, I guess it was just a sense of release as well, a sense of going, you know, sort of 
going, oh, finally, you know, we've done something that, that actually worked. We, we've, we figured something out. Um, and, and, and having that sort of hope for the future and going, wow, this, we actually set up a business here. It wasn't just like a one-off wonder. It wasn't just a consultancy sort of type of business. It was actually something where we had money coming in regularly every month. We had a customer base. We had a bunch of leads. We had a cool product. We had a cool brand. It was a real business, uh, for the first time for me in two and a half years. And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was brilliant. It was, I guess it was a sense of relief, but, um, you know, the first six months after that was still very tough because we, um, I think we only had the first two months worth of content created. So the, don't ask me why it took me so long to create the first bit of content. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but, um, you know, after we launched, we had all these people coming in. I think we had about a thousand members. Um, I still had to create a lot of the content. Um, I had to do um, I guess I didn't have to, but I did. I did all the customer support um, myself. Um, I remember even um, calling people, calling our customers when they're struggling to get their, their blog set up, calling them on the phone. I'm like, I'm here in Australia, I'm calling people <laughs> in America and calling them on the phone and going, how can I help you set up your blog? People are really struggling. So I had dozens and dozens of calls with people, just getting them set up and running, um, email support, you, you name it. Um, so... Doing that plus creating content plus running the membership, um, that was uh, still pretty hard work. But now the difference was getting paid, you know. So that was um, yeah, definitely uh, very um, relieving, <laughs> very relieving, certainly. So just something, just something I want to reemphasize because when I said it, I said six months of doing all this work and nothing in return. But I, right. I think you kind of corrected me because it was. Actually, like two and a half years because the first yeah. year you made your <laughs> negative one thousand dollars. The second the year was similar. <laughs> second year was similar, and then yep. there's this six months. So it's two and a half years of hustling, and then yeah. finally seeing a return. And I, man, I, I, I think that's important for people to hear because we think about bloggers that started a little maybe before our time or before my time, and we think, man, they had it so easy. Gideon, you know, he started with become a blogger and it was awesome. But no, there was that struggle to get to that point where you can have that success. Yeah. Uh, and it's so interesting. I, I think, um, you know, it, it took me a long time because I had to unlearn things. Uh, and I'm a slow learner. And I'm also, uh, you know, with having a bit of an attitude comes slow learning as well. The ego gets in the way of learning sometimes and he sort of, you know, Wait, wait, hold, 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 hold one second, Gideon. Um, we're getting some audio issues here, so let me just fix that really quick. All right, I think we got it situated. Go ahead now. Yeah, so I was talking about this this um, ego thing getting getting in the way and the stubbornness to you know to learn. It slows down, it slows down my learning, uh, and it still does to this day. I've really got to watch and really be aware of it. Um, I think if I, I could do it again, certainly a lot of things. Okay, let's think- let's stop again. <laughs> Okay, we could be. We should be good now. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right. So I was talking about this um, this ego thing really um, slowing you down and, and having this stubborn attitude. You know, like it, it slows you down because you don't want to learn. You sort of want to bump. You want to bump your head against the wall. <laughs> and um, even to this day, I've really got to watch it because um, it you know it, it it still creeps up. The ego and and stubbornness still creeps up. And you know, if I if I look back, I, I think there's a number of things I probably would have done a lot different that would have sped things up. I mean, I. 
if I could go back now with with the same knowledge I have now, with this experience now, I could probably, you know, even with no other influence, if I could just go back with the knowledge and experience, uh, I think that process of getting to success would be a lot faster. Like a t- like instead of two and a half years, it would take say three months or even a, like. Probably it depends on what I'm doing, but for something like become a blogger, I probably take three months to to get it going and and launching it out to to um, you know to a similar sort of success. I would like to think at least. Um, so you know, I think there's a lot of things as entrepreneurs we can um, we can realign and do differently mm-hmm. to help us um, smooth the path out a bit, make it easier. Um, and and get to success a lot faster. And uh, you know, the, the word success is also an interesting one. What does that really mean? I've also had um, some nice lessons about that over the last decade as well. So there's so much more that we could talk about um, where, where become a blogger is concerned. And people are probably wondering, well, then how how did Leslie get involved with become a blogger? Um, <laughs> right. And we got about like five minutes to cover that and what you've been doing since then before we get into this topic of you know starting this movement so let's let's sure. try to give them like the the quick synopsis how in the world did i get involved with this become a blogger thing okay so as any as anything you know this 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 law of entropy you know that where everything in the universe goes to a state of dis- disorganization are you trying and to say I- that me it, me taking over it was like going to this this organization <laughs> because if that's no, no. where you're going you know we got to no. stop this interview now and and we brought you in. We brought you in to change that. To change ah, it. there you go. <laughs> but what happened with with um, become a blogger and and, and Yara and I was um, Yara was um, actively busy with with Entrepreneur's Journey and and Blog Mastermind and his other projects, and I was busy with uh, Blog Master, uh, with become a blogger mostly. And um, it, it got to a point where. You know, at the beginning, we set it to be a 50-50 um, uh, relationship, 50-50 share. And at the beginning, that was 100% fair enough. It, it worked really well. But then as time progressed, uh, you know, within after a year or two years, I can't remember how long it took, but um, I started feeling a bit that, that it was a bit unbalanced. And, you know, working 100% on a business that I've only got 50%, then I, I started feeling... Uh, not as good about it and you know we had this discussion with Yara and so we decided that you know we'll, we'll start doing our own projects and stuff and so we kind of let let become a blogger just kind of peter out in a way and we, we left it there um, still still both of us you know sort of passively involved but it kind of started petering out and I started doing other projects I moved on to a, a, a magic project with, with JJ we, we, we built a successful brand on YouTube with that uh, and went on to do my other projects and uh, Yara went on and did his. And Become a Blogger kind of started dying. Um, and we got to a point where we, we and Yara, we started chatting and saying, hey, yeah, this, this was a cool thing. What, what can we do to revive it? What can we do to make it survive again or, or thrive again? And um, we thought, well, you know, neither one of us really wanted to push it because we were so busy with our other projects. And and I think Yara, we said, do we know anybody that, that could do it? And I can't remember um, how we got to you, Leslie. I think if I remember right, Yaro said, why don't we, why don't we look at in, Inside Become a Blogger as one of our star uh, students and, and see if any one of them would be interested. And, and he immediately said, you know, there's, I know, Leslie has been such an awesome student. Why don't we ask him? <laughs> and um, uh, if my memory serves me right, Leslie, you were the first one and the only one that we asked, and um, 
And so we had that initial discussion with you. I think, I can't remember how we started. Um, I think we said, let's, uh, if, if you wanted to start doing some work, can we pay you or something? I, I can't remember. No, 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 no. I, I remember. <laughs> what was it? Did we, so, did we just say you can have a share already? Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. Because I remember, the reason I, um, I, I remember so vividly because it seemed so unreal to me. Because you guys <laughs> came to me and said, hey, what do you think about, taking over become a blogger you create the content we do the promotion we split it 50 yeah. 50 i get 50 you guys get 50 and yes. yeah and it was like you guys were talking this weird language that came from heaven or something of that sort <laughs> and i i was trying to contain myself in that conversation and i was all like yeah yeah you know i could i i, I think that's a good idea i i think yeah. I, I think i could do that <laughs> but inside I was like doing like a backflip and all this kind of stuff. I was really excited. But yeah, so we started off kind of as a partnership. Yeah, right, right. And um and that was cool. We were we were so relieved that there was someone else with your with your kind of energy keen to revive the the brand again uh, because it was sad for us to to see our little baby kind of just just sitting there and and floundering. And and then you came along and just injected this new life into it. Um, and then of course, eventually we decided that you were doing such a great job. You know, we just we said, "Hey, Leslie, why didn't you just take this whole thing?" No, and wait, 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 wait. I want to go into that just for a second because okay. <laughs> that was another kind of an unreal situation. Because we started as a partnership, and yeah. then you know it went from a fifty-fifty partnership to a seventy-five twenty-five partnership. Right. But then at a certain point, when I had to make a decision, you know, I'm gonna be leaving my job. I need to. I need to f- be fully invested in something. I had to decide: would I go all in on my biology stuff, or would I try to see if I could buy you guys out and yeah. be the sole owner of become a blogger? And I remember t- uh, calling you guys up on Skype. We had a, a discussion. We had a meeting like we normally did, and I told you guys, you know, what I was feeling, what I was trying to go into, and so on. And you, I remember Yarrow said. Hey, let, let's get off this call. Gideon and I are going to have a chat and then we're going to come back and we're going to call you back. And you guys call yeah, me back right. a few minutes later and you were like, sweet, you could have it. <laughs> and I, I was kind of like, right. wait, what do you mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not understanding fully what you're talking. I hear words coming out of your mouth, but they're not making a lot of sense. And you right. guys kind of went on and said, you know what? You've put so much into it. You need something of your own. You can go ahead and have it. Yeah. That's it, and you know it was it was it was in our favor because um, you know really what we wanted to see we wanted we wanted to see the yeah. uh, the brand continue we wanted to see the the audience being served because we we knew that was there was a need in the market but the trouble was we just we just didn't have the energy for it you know we, we both of us moved on we had our own projects and we dedicated and and we we said okay we could we could try and keep a share here and and be involved and um, and maybe even get Leslie to 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 buy stuff from us, blah, blah, blah. But what would that do? You know, would that, would that really set Leslie up for his best chance of success? Um, would that mean that we'd, we would still be involved and in, 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 in it possibly draining energy from us? And we just said, let's just keep it simple. Um, let's let's give uh, give this opportunity to Leslie. And, you know, he's got such a wonderful energy with it. Um, and we thought, we really believe in you. Um, and we knew that you could pull it off. And we said, let's just, let's just go for the full thing. You can, you can have, the whole, have the whole thing um, and, and, um, and make it awesome again. So, so I, I guess this that. is the first time I'm, we're publicly talking about this. And I'm publicly getting to say thank you. Because that, that <laughs> right. actually, this interview went in a totally different direction from <laughs> what I planned. Yeah. But it's actually setting up 
um, very well for what we're gonna like the the, the, the the few steps that we're gonna talk about. Um, but yeah, I want to thank you publicly, and I'll thank Yaro publicly when he comes on here in a few weeks. Um, but since then, you've gone through and done a number of projects. And it seemed to me, and you can kind of correct me or kind of lead me in the right direction here, but it seemed to me that at a certain point, things kind of went in a direction that maybe you didn't want it to go or maybe you came to a certain kind of realization. Can you kind of tell us about a little bit about that journey after become a blogger and with all of the successful projects that you've launched? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, w- when I quit my job uh, 10 years ago, um, one of the probably the biggest reason was because I felt restricted in the sense that I, I couldn't really do what I wanted to do. You know, I felt like my, my talents were just not being used uh, and it was being wasted and I, I wanted to change that. And, and so um, even the, the first book that I wrote, uh, that was my first product, it, um, it was kind of actually written for me. I actually wrote it for myself and other people happened to like it too. Um, but it was all about you know, f- finding that core thing that, that you're naturally good at and, and, and being able to build a business on that. So a lot of people would call it these days, you know, finding your passion and building a business out of it. I think there's, there's a little bit of danger in that if you don't quite understand the, the context of it and what passion actually means and, and, and where it fits into the big scope of things. But that was my original dream. I wanted to, to um, just basically feel fulfilled. I just wanted to feel fulfilled again because I wasn't getting that sense of fulfillment uh, in, in my job. And, and that's why I started the business. And for the first two and a half years, that was tough. I don't think I really knew how to find my path. I guess I was just figuring it out. With Become a Blogger, that was cool, but that was still stressful and I think still slightly out of, out of my, a little bit out of whack. Then I did Free Magic Life with JJ, which was slightly more on track, but not quite there. Um, some aspects of it was good. Then I did a, a project called uh, Rapid Video Blogging where I taught people how to, how to um, create their own, uh, video blogs and, and use YouTube as a, as, a, as a growth tool for their businesses. That was cool. Um, for the first time ever in my entrepreneurial career, I felt that, like I was more on path. I was actually using my gifts and talents, my natural, I guess you could say, God-given talents uh, and basing my business around that to, to serve people. And so I did that for a couple of years, and then there was a change. We we had um, our first uh, child, a baby girl, uh, Lucy. She was born, and and that changed things. And I, and I started getting fearful of the future. I was saying, I was, I was thinking, you know, wow, if 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 I have this business where I'm like the the main teacher and the main the main brains behind the business, what's going to happen to my family and our income if if I'm not there? If something happens to my voice or if I can't think anymore or whatever, you know, what what then? Uh, because at that point, the brand was really built around me, Gideon Shalwick. And um, I thought, okay, I've, got to, I've got to change tack. Uh, uh, you know, um, I've got to change the strategy here. So I said, okay, well, what do I do? Um, so let's, let's create, instead of a personal brand, let's create a business brand. Um, business brands and start creating those sort of businesses that can run independently of me. And that's kind of the, the sort of the, the dream of entrepreneurship is you have a business that can send you passive income and, and can run independently of you. That's kind of like quite a big dream. Um, but there's, there's, fallacy, there's fallacy in that as well. And what happened was I started Spl- the next business called Splashio. Um, and it was a great little business, but it was out of flow for me. There a lot of aspects of it was out of flow and that became really apparent six months to a year into it. And then I kind of um, managed to get that business quite automated, 
but never getting to its full potential. And then from there, that was kind of the the um, the, the the pre um, precursor to the business, uh, my most recent business uh, called Vero that that you mentioned in the introduction. And just just to um, clarify, you say not reaching its full potential, but it was actually quite still quite successful. Yeah, at that point, it was the most successful thing I, I, I've done. Yeah. Um, and, and to this day, I'm still rubbing my, you know, scratching my head, thinking how, how on earth um, are we still getting so much traffic and, and, um, and, and leads and sales from the business, even though I'm not involved at all. And the thing is, you know, we're not doing anything in the marketing for the business. It's, it's, it's almost completely passive. You know, so <laughs> it's, it's cool, but it's, it's certainly not at its potential. There's, there's so much more that business can, can do and reach. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of lost energy for it and there's, there's a reason for it. And um, and for Vero, um, uh, I guess some aspects of it is in a similar sense. You know, I got to a point where I realized I'm, I'm getting out of flow again. I'm getting away from these natural gifts and talents that I was born with. And and what started happening throughout the last uh, three years or so since I started Splashio, I started moving further and further away from um, my natural gifts and talents. And I started focusing my life more around the skills that I built up as an entrep- mm. entrepreneur as opposed to my inborn natural talents. And I started getting out of flow more and more and more. And even though these businesses were becoming very successful, like V-Roll was even like <laughs> 10 times more successful than, than Splashio, um, it's, it, it started drawing out my energy. Was there a point of burnout? Oh, Absolutely. There was a point of burnout and a point of resurrection. Okay, so let's talk about that burnout. What what was that like? So burnout came probably about a year ago. Um, we were at the peak of of things um, of our promotions. Um, I was running webinars um, to you know regular webinars, and and we were just selling viral like crazy, and. Um, you know, I was just out of flow. The, the kind of work that I was doing, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm a very creative type. So with the promotion stuff, it, you know, it wasn't quite my thing. And and um, there was a lot of pushing uh, to be able to make that happen. We had some um, interpersonal um, issues as well, that as you do with any business. Um, the point is that I was out of flow. And um, as every day went past, my energy levels were getting drained more and more and more and more and more to a point where my energy levels were just so low. I was what I call below threshold. When you get below threshold, you can't flow anymore because you've got no energy left, um, that my flow stopped. And, um, and every little thing would set me off. Hmm. Like little, little things, little interpersonal things, uh, any little event, it was just be too much for me to handle. And uh, it gave, came to a big, big halt about um, about a year ago. Where um, not the business, but for me, you know, I realized, hey, there's something, there's something wrong here. And um, and we made some changes. Um, I learned some lessons, but then I still continued. I still continued down that path. I made some changes, and I, I tried to make my work more creative, and it was a lot more fun. But then I had to have almost like a second burnout which is, I'm not sure if it's really a burnout, it was more like a resurrection moment where I had to really die. I really had to die to my previous way. And, you know, for me, there can be no 
transformation. There can be no change unless there really is a resurrection of sorts, unless there's, there's a death and resurrection. So I had to, um, this year, earlier this year, I had to die in a way. I had to let go of some of the previous things that I held dear, some of the previous things that I thought was what was required for success, what was required for happiness, um, the, the way that I would get there, um, my perceptions of life. I had to die to that and, and, and be resurrected, be transformed. So the, the reason we have, we're having this interview today um, as opposed to you know over the last how many years is because you started this new project on Trivana and you shared a post with me on there that is titled How to Go from Being Burnt Out to reinventing yourself and starting a movement. And you kind of walked the, the reader through a few steps. And I, w- I would love it for you to kind of walk us through that right now because we understand the burnout. We understand the not being in flow and to be working so hard on a business that's not really in alignment with who you are. Let's just say it that way. But then how do we get from there to reaching the point where we can start a movement. So where do we start? Yeah, so so for me I had to the the the, the big 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 realization that that hit me again um was uh that it was it was it all came back to how you feel. How you feel and want to feel. And I'm not sure if feeling is the right word, but it's and, and it's probably difficult to describe all this in words. But when you think about it, what is it really that we're after as entrepreneurs? What is it really, if you take an even bigger picture, what is it really that we're after as human beings? Is it, you know, is it money? You know, and why why is it that we are in search for things like money and success and fame and power and possessions? Why? Do we search these things? Um, and this is kind of where I lost my path. You know, I, I think I, 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 I misunderstood what I was really after. Why is it that we search for these things? And it's not for those things in and of themselves. Um, what I came to realize was that we search for those things because we just want to feel right. We just want to feel fulfilled. Mm. And we think that when we pursue these things, that these things can make us feel good and feel whole and feel fulfilled again. That's my understanding. That's why we search for these things, because we think it can make us feel good again and feel whole again and feel connected again. And this is the big fallacy. This is the big lie, you know, because as we, as we go and search of these external things, if you don't like if, if that becomes your primal focus and and you're not doing it in the right way or or, or you're doing it you know you search you're searching for success or money and that becomes your end goal chances are that you're going to get out of flow pretty quickly mm. and you're going to start burning your energy and you're going to get to threshold and you're going to get to burnout you know and when you get to burnout your um your uh, you, you, the first thing that happens is you, you, your physical energy starts going because you don't have energy. Then your emotional energy starts going. Yeah, you start you start dying emotionally. Then you're men- you start dying mentally after that. 
And ultimately, you could you could if you go along that path. And I was I was on that path, man. It's part of the reason why I had to be reborn in a way. Mm. I was on my path to physical death. My hair started falling out. Um, it felt like I just grew a lot older, much faster. Like the the rate of change in my 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 skin and my my mm. my whole body. I could just sense that I was just growing older really fast all of a sudden. Um, so my hair started falling out. I started getting all this gray hair all of a sudden. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not that old yet, you know. Um, and compared to my my brothers who are similar ages, you know, I'm more gray than them now. So there definitely there was a speeding up of of aging. So I was kind of on a way to to perhaps something quite bad, you know, some some physical ailment or something, and then ultimately death. So that's what happens when you keep draining your energy like that. And so I realized that I had to go back to to the real reason why we do this. And it, and it really was about um, that ultimate fulfillment. And I had to ask the question, what is fulfillment? What really is that? And, and how do we get it? Um, and for me, fulfillment, is, when you think about it, it's really, it's, it's about being full, 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 mm-hmm. being filled and being full. Being filled of what? Um, and, and, and there's probably many different ways of calling it, but I, I think energy is, is a big part of it. You know, when you're energized, when you're f- full of energy, when you're mentally energized, when you're emotionally energized, when you're physically energized, um, you feel good. You feel good. And, and you're full. You're fulfilled. You're, you're full of energy, right? So that fulfillment and energy, energy to me has a big relationship to each other. And spirituality comes into it as well, being fulfilled and being filled with energy, filled with spirit um, in a way, um, to feel good again and feel whole again. And so, so that's what it's about. But then the question is, okay, that's all cool, but how? How do you do this? And how do you still be, still be an entrepreneur and not this, this uh, sp- spiritual f- freako guy, <laughs> you know? Um, how do you do this? And, um, and for me, it, it came back to finding energy sources, finding those, those things in life that can create this fulfillment. And um, th- there are seven different areas that I've, that I've, that I've been able to categorize um, that, that all help you refill up this tank of fulfillment, the fulfillment tank, I guess you could call it. So I'll, I'll kind of take this kind of in a different, I guess it's not really a different direction. This is mm-hmm. similar to what you're talking about because anyone that's listening to this podcast know they know that I'm a Christian or most likely they know unless this is the first episode they're listening to and they're probably thinking, oh, he's a Christian. Oh, cool. Or not cool. Um, But for me, I find that I feel that sense of peace or that sense of alignment or that sense of flow when I am doing what I believe that God wants for me to do. Or that the direction that he's leading me in. For example, when I left my job, I couldn't have done that unless I felt as if he was guiding me and he was saying, this is the direction that I have for you. And when, once I had that feeling, it was much easier to go in that direction. Mm. So you're talking about this, you know, this, this sense of fulfillment. And I think it comes down to where we get that sense of... And this episode is going yes. way longer than I anticipated, but I'm going to just let it go. Um, <laughs> um, it, 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 I think it comes down to where we get that sense of fulfillment. And I, I can imagine someone listening to this and thinking to themselves, well, where do I get that sense of fulfillment? Yeah. 
Well, I, I think what you said there was was I think carries a really deep truth to it. You were you were doing what you felt God wanted you to do. Yeah. Right? In in those in, in I guess in a, in a Christian phraseology, um, if you were to phrase it in, in Christian language, um, and it, in in the way that I'm looking at it as well, it's very similar. Um, it's it comes down to doing those things that you're called for. Mm. Doing those things that you were born to do. Um, It's not necessarily following a big purpose or a big passion area. It is more about the doing, like following that that sense of doing. What are are those things that you're supposed to do, the actions you're supposed to take that will create this fulfillment? And so so when when we go back to that blog post that you referred to, um, Leslie, that I wrote the other day, now the, one of the first steps is is to to uncover what those actions are for you, and I, I think all of us have different gifts. All of us have unique gifts, and, and these gifts are God given. Perhaps, uh, perhaps we were born with it naturally, or whatever the view is on that. But the, the the fact of the matter is, no matter which way you look at it, we each have a gift. We each have natural talents that we're just naturally good at. Some people are good at. Talking on the phone. Some people are much better at doing numbers on a in a spreadsheet. Some people are good with lists. Some are better leaving it all open open ended, etc. So so we have these different personality profiles with different gifts, and um, and this is the, the one of the key realizations I made was that I started doing activities um, that I was not gifted for again. Mm. You know, I started doing things and activities that was pulling me out of flow and it was draining my energy. And so I had to rediscover these things. I had to go back inside and listen to um, that inner whisper, I guess you could call it, that intuition, uh, God, if you want to call it that. Um, and, I, the, and, I'm, the, and I'm kind of glad that you, you, you said it that way too because I know that some people that listen to this podcast or maybe a significant amount of people that listen to this podcast maybe don't believe in a God. And they're coming from a totally different perspective. But regardless of whether you believe in a God or you don't believe in a God, I think we can all kind of have that thought that, you know, when I'm doing certain actions, I feel much more at peace. Right. Or it's much, it, like for me, when I'm, when I'm having a conversation with someone, maybe about a topic like this, or I'm teaching someone something, I, there, there's all of a sudden something inside of me that feels kind of in sync. It just feels good, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, it feels really good. It makes you feel fulfilled in a way. It, it, it gives you energy, right? Yeah. It's, and you know that's you know I, I've just labeled it as as a primal action. And you know the I wrote in the blog post that the greatest attribute of a primal action is that as you do the action, it energizes you, and the process of doing it makes you feel good, right? There's a, there's a direct feedback loop in real time that makes you feel good as you are doing the task. Mm-hmm. It makes you feel fulfilled. And you, you think about it because like. like you know, it's like face, uh, what hand, hand on face, palm on face moment. You go, of course, that that's how it works. Right? That's that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be doing the things um, that make us feel good. The things that we're naturally gifted for. That, that we're supposed to be using our natural talents. It just makes sense. And um, but I, I think we forget it somehow because we we start listening to the outer world, the outer conditioning, and and the outer world starts becoming speaking louder than that inner voice. And then we think this is these are the things we've got to do because the outside world says this is what success means, this is what fulfillment means. And we go on that path and we go totally out of flow. And what happens is because we're out of flow, 
it drains our energy. It drains our energy. When you get back in flow, it starts, you start gaining energy again. You start feeling good about life again. You start feeling like you're, you're on path and that you're following your calling. And, and to me, that's the first step is really going back to that and forgetting about your purpose, forgetting about your area of passion and just going, what are these core primal actions that I can take that makes me feel good while I do them and serves the world uh, in, in some way, shape or form as okay, well? Okay, so I've, I've uncovered my primal actions. And let's say, for example, because independent of this conversation, one of the things that I've been really um, uh, talking a lot about with my wife and with some close friends is that what I was made to do was teach. So let's right. say that's my primal action. Yes. Where do I go from there? So I love that. And, and, and I totally agree with you, by the way. Uh, Leslie, you're just the, the, the most natural teacher I've ever come across. Oh, and you. <laughs> you, can, you can tell it in your voice. Whenever you do it, and you can tell it in your body language, whenever you teach you just light up. Mm. You just light up like nothing else. And, and what is more, not only do you light up, but also you start lighting up everyone else around you as well. And you just start shining. You just start, you just start flourishing because you're, you're in that, you get back into flow and, and, and it, it just, it just, it's a source of energy that just gets released. Um, and it's beautiful. And I think that happens whenever you get back into flow again, you get back into that primal action. It just, it just, it releases energy and it, it, it fills you up with energy at the same time. It's beautiful. Now, now, what's the difference between that and the next step, which is decide on your primal passion? Right. So, so here's, here's where it gets interesting because um, a lot of teachers out there, a lot of gurus, whatever, would say, oh, yeah, just follow your passion and everything will be sweet. Or follow your dreams and everything will be fine and everything will work out. Um, and what they forget to mention is that um, the word passion is a tricky word because almost every person you meet will have a different definition for what it is. What, what does the actual word actually mean? You know, back in the day, I, I think the passion was uh, the, uh, used in, in, in the, the sense of, of the crucifixion, right? The passion of the Christ, right? So it actually represented something that, that was suffering, you know, the, the suffering of the Christ. Um, perhaps more recently, uh, passion means something more related to sexual desires. You know, so should you follow these these um, more core core earthly desires? You know, is, is this what passion means, or does it nowadays more mean in the sense of following your dreams? But even then, if it was to mean just following your dreams, what the heck does that mean? And how do you know what your dreams are? So I think a lot of us don't even know what the heck our dreams are. <laughs> we, we don't don't know. I don't know what my passion is. So what do I do. So I found a really nice, um, I guess, tweak or hack on that. So instead of trying to think, oh, what are my dreams, trying to figure that out, you, you ignore that kind of in a way and you go, no, first find the primal action, find the activities, the kind of activities that you love doing and then, then you say, all right, which things in the world, which areas of interest in the world am I quite passionate about? You know, what, what, what things am I passionate about? So in your case, Leslie, you, you've, you've identified your primal action as teaching. But then you can say, well, you can apply teaching anywhere. You can, you can be a biology ah, teacher. Why, yes. why, why aren't you teaching biology? You know, why, or you could teach biology if you wanted. You, you could become a school teacher if you wanted to, right? Yeah. So in either of those cases, you'd, you'd still be sweet because you'd be, you'd be doing that primal action. You'd be filling yourself up with energy. But you've, you've taken a conscious decision 
to decide on a certain area of passion. There's many things you're passionate about, but but you're particularly passionate about biology. Uh, sorry, um, uh, uh, blogging, right? The blogging mm-hmm. industry. Mm-hmm. And so you're applying now your primal action, action into this primal area of passion. I love it. Right. Okay. So yes. we have our action. We've decided this is the area that I am passionate about. I am going to take that action and do it as much t- well i'm gonna do that action within that passion does that make sense exactly okay. yeah within that area of passion and then some people might use a different it might be an interest area or topic area i, I think it really comes down to that topic that you're passionate about so it, it's a it's a topical thing it's not an action-based thing you know your, your primal action that's the action thing and then you apply it in an area of passion so I you, wanna, you have a choice you i want to make that i want to make that even more practical with my situation because i love to teach that's my action i love yes. biology but I also love blogging and letting people know that they can create content, put it out there and have an impact on the world. But then when I started to think of, um, you know, when I'm having conversations with people, what is the thing that norm- naturally comes up? And the, the answer was never really biology. That's not mm. something that was coming up in everyday conversations. But mm. somehow, <laughs> you know, I'm hanging out with my friends Somehow we get on the topic of blogging and then I go on and on and on about this topic of blogging. (laughs) And that told me that blogging was more of a primal passion than biology. So I decided to, uh, you know, take my primal actions in the direction of that topic of blogging. Yes, no, I think that's a fantastic way of, find, of, of try, helping you find out what is that area of passion. I mean, for, for me, it's like this personal development stuff. You, you can't, I can't help myself. You know, it, it always seems to go back to this, this personal development stuff. And, um, and, I, can and attest, so, I can attest to that because you're always giving yeah. me a, a new book to read. And, and all, somehow right. we're always going to that conversation, even though we might be talking about a sales page. <laughs> right, right. Um, so yeah, I think that's the area of passion. But I think the key distinction is that you, you have a choice. It's it's not necessarily something that you're born with. I think your your actions and you know primal action that's what you're born with. You you have natural talents you're born with. But the, the passion one, just as with the next one, your purpose is you actually get to choose. And and I mean maybe, maybe don't get get an infinite choice. Like for example, I have no interest in cars, uh-huh. so I'm never going to choose cars as my passion. You know, but I, I, ha- I am interested in personal development. I am interested in entrepreneurship. So I'm going to choose something within that area. Okay, so primal purpose. We go from action to passion to purpose. Right. How do we get there? So that's the next one. And, and once again, I don't think this is something you're born with. This is um, something you can decide on. And, and I think oftentimes we, we might be led astray by, by some... I don't know, some teachers out there that, that said you, you're born with, with a purpose. You, you're born with a specific purpose. And maybe there are a few people that are, are just born like that. I mean, um, the, the, the sages and the, the prophets and, and, and someone like Jesus comes to mind. You know, perhaps they were born with that purpose. And, and who knows, maybe that, that purpose is always there ready for us to discover. But I think, I think you get to choose in a way um, where you can say, I want to follow this particular action in this area of passion and I want to apply some sort of bigger purpose to it. I want to. I want to add. I want to add some fuel to this thing. I want to. I want to create a why. Because mm-hmm. for those first two steps, it's kind of cool. You're feeling good while you're doing it, and you're sort of excited about it because you're working in the area of passion. But there's perhaps not a bigger why there, no bigger purpose. And as soon as you add the why to it, then it adds fuel to the whole thing. And then all of a sudden, uh, it stops being about just you and and the people you're serving around you. And it becomes something bigger. What's your why? 
So for me, at the moment, this the, this why this there's many different whys, but for me, um, you know, so for me to say my wife, I, it's got to be in context. Um, so my action is at the moment is writing. I like writing and communicating and teaching, like you as well. My passion is in the area of personal development and entrepreneurship. And then when it comes to purpose, uh, it is helping burnt out entrepreneurs um, find their mojo again. You know, helping them um, see the light. <laughs> you know, helping them find, I guess, their their entrepreneurial heaven again. I mean, that's the that's where the name Entrevana came from. It's it's um, heaven for entrepreneurs, and where, where entrepreneurs go once once they've they've died to their ego, or once they've 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 realized that they want to get out of this entrepreneurial hell. So so that's my that's my bigger purpose, and that that creates a big why for me, and helps me get out of bed and 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 realize that hey, kids, it's not it's not just about you. Um, you have this gift. You have this gift of teaching, and you have this area of passion that you've built up a ton of experience in, and you are now able to help others, uh, and 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 which leads on to the next next bigger thing, which is the the primal movement. Yeah. How um, how what, do you how do you build that? And actually, let me, let me just throw in here because you did for yours. My primal action: teaching. My right. primal passion: blogging. My primal right. purpose is because I believe that we all have a voice that needs to be heard and that mm-hmm. that voice can impact the lives of many people. And if by me teaching, blogging to you, and you can now have that influence in the world, to me that is changing the world one blog at a time. Love so I, I love how yes. we can go through that progression from action to passion to purpose and now take us into the movement. Yes, yeah, so see, all this plays together really well because, and, and you've just said it. You've 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 said like once you honed into that that purpose of yours, um, you are changing the world one block at a time. So, so what does changing imply? And it, it implies movement, right? So, so when you're changing one blogger, you've already created the movement. You've created the movement of one. So, so you naturally move into the next uh, step, which is which is the primal movement. And you know, if you've got those first three steps. Uh, well aligned, I think the next movement thing becomes natural. And, mm. and there's many ways of having movement. I mean, there's, and, and I think that the key thing here is that you don't start out thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be this big movement leader and I'm going to change the world necessarily. I, I, I think that, that's a good recipe for, for becoming really unhappy because then you start listening to the outside <laughs> world again and going, this is what success means, is to, be a success, to start a successful movement. You know, because when I have a successful movement, it means I'll be famous and I'll, I'll, money will come easy, et cetera, et cetera. And you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You're not doing it for getting that energy anymore. You're doing it for the fake energy. It's a fake energy. It's like a, it's a lie that you follow. Whereas if you go back to the primal action and go, boom, no, this is, this is where I start. This is the thing that gives me energy. This is where I, that, where I can really provide value. That Then you're well aligned. And then you get into your, your, your passion and your purpose and it's automatically – as you do that, as you do it day by day by day, it changes into a movement. The thing starts moving itself. It's like, it's like pushing a flywheel. You start pushing at the beginning. It doesn't move much, but you keep on pushing. And because you're loving it, you don't mind pushing. You keep pushing. It's, it's hard work, but you don't mind it because you're loving it. You keep pushing, pushing, pushing. That thing starts spinning itself after a while. And the beautiful thing now is that um, ultimately this movement becomes – uh, the the leader of this movement, I should say, becomes kind of invisible. The movement mm-hmm. is not about the person, the leader anymore. 
maybe it was at the beginning in the first few followers. But now once it's a movement, it is about something much bigger. It's about the community. It's about the people. It's about making that change in the world, about making the world a better place. And, um, and I think, you know, when you have these things well aligned, that sort of thing just unfolds naturally. So congratulations on setting a record for the longest episode of <laughs> Learning with Leslie ever. You might have to break it up. Into no, two. no, no. This is not being broken up at all. I want them to consume this from beginning to end. Right. But for the, you know, if, if, if you're listening to this right now and you made it all the way through the end, you resonate with what we're talking about. And I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you, this is episode 273. Go to becomeablogger.com slash 273. Whether you're, you're listening to this in 2016 or 2025, um, I want you to go back to that episode. And I want you to share what is your primal action, your primal passion, your primal purpose, and how that will contribute to a movement. And this is something that might take a while for you to think through. And maybe you might have to do some brainstorming and you can do some brainstorming on the post and, you know, add comment and we can engage that way. But I would love it if you were to come back and um, share your four things, primal action, passion, purpose, and what is this movement that you're moving to? Gideon, oh my word, that, that was, um, yeah, that was it. It was epic. <laughs> it, it was. So, okay. In terms of length. <laughs> where, I know, right? Um, where, where can people find out more about you and what you're doing on this new project and why should they go there? Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm really just at the start of this. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been preparing this all my life, really. But um, I'm at the start of of um of this mo- of this movement now i guess um and um the the place that i'm deciding to do it at is at entrevana.com which is a combination of the words entrepreneur and nirvana so it's e n t r e v a n a.com and this is where i'll be publishing more articles um that goes into more depth looks at different angles for helping you um you know uh, find your mojo again as an entrepreneur if you're burnt out or if you're finding yourself in a little bit of hell this is the place to go to help you get to heaven for entrepreneurs oh i love that that sounded sweet (laughs) thanks for coming (laughs) on here gideon i appreciate you very much thanks leslie you're a rock star love it (laughs) all right guys this was episode 273 becomeablogger.com slash 273 i'm actually giving you homework i don't normally give homework on this podcast so you got the longest episode and you got homework take that how's that for teaching (laughs) um i have one simple call to action beyond visiting entrepreneur i mean (laughs) entrevana.com uh, if you want to take your blogging business to the next level, you want to get coached by me, I want to invite you to check out the Become a Blogger Coaching Club because I want to coach you for free for 30 days. That is right, 100% free of charge. You don't even have to give your credit card details. Just go and sign up. Head on over to bloggercoaching.com. That's bloggercoaching.com. And when you register there, you get access to all my courses on blogging. Uh, you're going to be able to drive, join the live group calls and the Facebook group, all that good stuff. So that's pretty much it for now. This is Leslie Summer here from becomeablogger.com where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And until next time, take care and God bless.
three, five, two, 